0: Because it takes incredible strength to say there's something wrong um, and you're not feeling great.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Burn Chef Journal, hosted by myself, Chris Hall, the founder of the Burn Chef Project. This week's guest is Sam Moody, who I first met in Bath when I first started my career in food wholesale. He now works at Ballyfin in Ireland, and he joins us to talk about his experiences learning within hospitality, learning to take over a team and also what he's learned throughout his journey. It's it's an insightful chat. And as usual, with all of our chats, you know, hopefully you take something new away from this and we really hope that you enjoy it. So thanks very much. And uh, let's get started. Lamb Westley,
0: your partner in potatoes. We're a leading global frozen potato manufacturing business with a wealth of experience in offering a portfolio of high end and quality products on a consistent basis. We supply the pub, casual dining, QSR sectors. We believe in well being through potatoes and we are very proud to support the Burnt Chef project. Here to offer our support and help for those that need it and any solutions that you need for you and your business.
1: How are you? I'm not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Yeah, long time no speak. Yeah, 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 indeed. Indeed. Whereabouts in the world at the
0: moment? Uh, I'm in I'm in my office at Valley Finn. Um so we've we we, we've got this Scott and I who worked together for many years uh who runs who runs a restaurant here for us. Um we we've been messing about doing some silly videos around ballyfin so we, we were filming the fourth episode this morning so um so it was uh it's it's good it's something to sort of keep keep your uh, uh a little bit of the creative juice flowing and uh something silly you know not too serious so um it's good fun
1: oh nice whereabouts are these videos have you pu- published them
0: yeah so they're on uh, Ballyfins um Bally Finn's Instagram so um the fir- the first one went live on Saturday um and we're going to do maybe one or t- one or two a week um just while we're in this current whatever number lockdown we're in i think this is our third or fourth lockdown now for us so um so uh, just just something um just something to pass the time really there's a great guy eric matthews um, at um chapter one who does uh he does a little video thing from his um a video like cook along from his flat called cabin fever classics and it, 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 he's but he's like properly you know stereotypical charming irish man you know the gift of the gab uh, and so he's really entertaining um and it, I, I just think it's funny uh, to, to listen to him. And, you know, it takes your mind off the uh, the current situation. So I thought we could do, we could do something like that at Ballyfin, and we, we're do, we're we're calling it the Cooks Tour. So because we, we, we're so blessed with space here. So we're we, every time we do one, we're cooking somewhere else on the estate. So it's good fun.
1: Oh man, I'll have to check it out. I've not I, I respond a lot on Instagram, but I don't actually have a chance much to scroll through it. Um, so I'll uh, I'll be keen to check that out actually. And uh yeah, it's a bit you of fun,
0: yeah, yeah no it's just a bit of fun, really,
1: so um, you and I've got a lot of catching up to and we've not seen each other for well since you left um Bath Priory, really what mm-hmm. been, okay it was a while ago, eight years ago now, wasn't it or
0: so uh four f- uh, four four and a half nearly five years God, five so i left I left five years, yeah.
1: Madness. So for those that perhaps aren't familiar with who you are and where you come from, do you want to do a bit of a backstory? how you got into the industry, where you've been, what you've been up to?
0: Uh, yeah, so I'm Sam Moody. I'm currently the chef at Ballyfin Domain in County Leash in the Republic of Ireland. Uh, so we're, we're we're about as far as you can get from the sea in Ireland. Uh, so bang in the middle. Um, I started my career at 16 uh, and I went to catering college at went after I left school um and I, I had a really really good lecturer uh, Terry Pugh and he was you know he ex-military um and you know straight down the line no messing um but loved cooking and I think sometimes if you're unlucky you can you can meet um a college lecturer who who has you know just um had enough of of the industry and is sort of That's their that's their way out. That's their other job. Whereas uh, whereas Terry loved teaching and he loved he loved cooking and he loved seeing he loved when he had students that were engaged. And uh, so he really pushed me. Um, And then from there, I went uh, I worked at a couple of places part time. um, And but my first proper job was at Okinaw Manor uh, where I was with Stephen Crane and I was there for maybe. I was there for about maybe three and a half years. Um in that time there we won a mission in star while I was there. Um and that you know, that was the first serious kitchen where you know you took food serious and um m- massive learning curve. Um and then uh, you know I, I I got good there and I and I thought I was good. <laughs> and then I left Ochingdom Manor and went to Kidney Park and then um i sort of had to quite quickly re-evaluate how good i was uh when i when i went to gidley and um yeah i was you know really massively out of my depth and um but it was am- amazing um hard but amazing and i stayed at Gidley for four years i think uh and then and then bath um and then and then you yeah, know bath priory i went in as a sous chef at bath um we'll, we'll probably come back to that but it went went a bit wrong for the head chef there and um it, it, it was really bad. And I, um, I sort of flagged my concerns to Michael and he said, well, you know, you've basically been doing it. So do you want, do you want the job? And I, um, I took the, I took the head chef's position at maybe 26, 27. And then I, I stayed in at uh, the Bath Bathory for seven years and where I won my own Michelin star. And, and, um, and then, and then it, again, time to move on. My wife and I were trying to open a little restaurant in Bath. It wasn't, wasn't happening. And to be honest, I probably wasn't in the right uh, place mentally or in my career then to be to be trying to launch my uh, my own restaurant. And so I came to Ireland. I I, I, knew, I knew Damien, the GM here. Um, we'd been we'd been chatting for a while and he got me over and I, I didn't the minute I, the gates opened and I saw the property. I thought, yeah, this is I can spend some time here. It's, um It's a very special place.
1: That's incredible. I mean, it's strange to think that you and I are catching up <laughs> over this uh, over this platform when once upon a time I was from a floggy grouse that had probably been frozen from the year before, and, and, and now we're talking <laughs> about mental health, you know, years later. Um, yeah. So, you and I have always had some some interactions as well over over Instagram since I've started. So I know that you've got quite particular views on on kitchen cultures and management of staff, and you know I we'll will talk about all of those because I'm quite intrigued to learn more from your perspective as well. But just take me back to um, take me back to that time sort of when you took over at the Bath Priory because you mentioned there was it was uh, under a bit of a cloud, so to speak.
0: Yeah, it was going it was going wrong, and um, and I, and I think it's. It, 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 your first head chef position's hard because you've you've not, and especially for me. I mean, I, I think I was. I mean, I was never officially a sous chef at Gidley Park. I'd, I'd, I'd be introduced as a sous chef, you know, but um, I, I was never officially a sous chef. I had no. I a, I say I had no experience of managing people, well you do. But you're not in 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 the same realms of running a kitchen because there's. I think being a head chef is very different from anything you do up until the point you're a head chef so and and then for me it was very stark you know i basically i had six months with someone doing it wrong and then i took over and um and so yeah we 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 were we were turning probably maybe two three chefs a week um we at the start we were working a hundred maybe hundred and thirty hours a week to 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 open uh to to reopen bath which is which is fine if it's a, a short period, you know, you, you don't mind, maybe 130 hours is a bit extreme, but we were, you know, we were six, 6am 6 till maybe 1am most days for the first couple of weeks launching the Bath Priory. And I mean, we were the, so you could argue there you're just victims of your own success. Cause we, we, the hotel had closed. We, we, we did a relaunch. And you know, what Mike, Michael Keynes, C- that is, 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 very good at launching kitchens you know he he understands that pr marketing uh strategy so well and we we launched with success you know from a from a from a business point of view but um when you're still doing 100 hour weeks three months later there's something's gone wrong if you if you if you haven't managed to create systems that 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 are sustainable um you know you, you you can something's going wrong um and so it was forever and you know i'd be on my day off and i'd get a phone call to say uh, you need to come in tomorrow we've lost another chef and um you and it and it just it came to the point where it was it was killing me and um and I, and but it was funny because because the, the chef there was um he was obviously suffering massively with his 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 mental health and and but the only way he could uh he could channel it, or 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 was to bring everyone else down with him, rather than, than than support. You know, see where there was support, and he, you know, he was he was a particularly unpleasant person at that time, and um, it, it just was getting worse and worse and worse. And I think maybe for the third or fourth weekend on the trot, we'd had to send someone to Taunton, which was maybe was Taunton, Bath to Taunton's what forty five minutes, an hour drive, maybe. <laughs> so we're already in the pomfret and we had to send someone to taunton to pick up fish because said chef had forgotten to order the fish and um and, and and it was just a i had a sort of epiphany and i said right i've had enough i handed my notice in and then phoned michael and said uh just by the way i've i've, I've i resigned from the sous chef position at the bath wiry today i can't i can't do it anymore um and I explained my reasons, and uh, Michael said, "Well, in that case, if 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 the if the person you know my predecessor left, would would I support Michael?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll stay, and you know, I'll I'll do a bit more time. Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm never one to leave a business. I would never want to leave somewhere in the in, you know bad. So I uh, we we carried on, and, and the rest is history for for that. I I did quite well in bar." Um, mm. But I wouldn't have, ironically, if it wasn't for watching someone else mess it up so badly and alienate everyone around him, there's no way I would have been able to do it. You know, without, without that six months of hell, there's no way I would be where I am now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of them strange, uh, yeah. You have to take advantage of the the situations you're presented with, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you talked about sustainability, which is quite an interesting concept, because as, as certainly as chefs, we're always looking at sustainability of ingredients and suppliers and, you know, where you can get things from. But no one ever looks about sustainability of kitchens and the processes in place and how to manage and it must have been quite a steep learning curve to go from looking at what predecessors have done and just trying to feel your way through it yourself.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, the le- learning curves are always steep. I don't think, I think with that bit, that moment, it's something I do a lot of work with, with junior chefs, is learning curves, because they, they, they're always going up. You're always learning loads. But the more you know, the harder it is to pinpoint exactly what it is you're learning. So I, I, I often find with young chefs, I saw sort of, we we do a sort of, you know, or, there's a point where, you feel like you're not learning anymore and you're making the same mistakes. Whereas it's probably you're learning just as much. It's just, you know, you're 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 not as aware of the things your things you're learning. I've always sort of tried to do things my way in kitchens, and maybe not so much at ockendon Manor, uh, Gidley Park, certainly in the latter part of the time I was there where I, you know, I had the confidence that I, I knew the food well enough. I've always sort of tried to understand the the sort of inner workings of of kitchens, um, I've never really been into. I, I, you know, I've done a lot of stages and I, I, I was never really interested in how, you know, how the chef thought of dishes, or, or you know, or the food on the plate. I was more interested in, in the structure of the the kitchen and how they, because ultimately the recipe is the easy bit. It's how you deliver it in in service is the difficult bit. I think on a stage I've always I'd always focused on, on um yeah on that on that structure and management of, of, of a kitchen um so yeah it was a steep learning curve but as i say, i had a very good example of how not to do it so um um and, and and michael is really good he's you know he's always at the end of a telephone so um one you know once you've worked out how to write a roster and and you, you the rest you just gotta gotta get on with it and and take it from there really
1: so what was what were some of the first things that you started to introduce in order to combat that high uh, high turnover rate and obviously the impact it was having on staff
0: um to be i can't i can't really introduce i don't think i think it was the first thing i did was i took everyone out and said what was happening and i said and i asked everyone for for a commitment that they would work for me for you know and we had some great you know i i was very lucky I very good people and Liam Finnegan in the team, Niall Keating was in the team, Um, uh, Thomas Hine, they're really, really good. Josh Barlow, like they're really like within themselves, they're really good chefs. You know, they've all gone on to do great things. So, I mean, from that point, you know, I was, I was quite lucky as I knew I had like four or five guys who were, you know, um, who had my back and who could, could do the work of, of, Maybe three times as many people than you know. So within within that little team, I I knew I was going to be alright. But you know, I made loads of mistakes in the first year. I employed the wrong people. I you know we we, we didn't. I didn't see probably see a, a significant reduction. There was a, an immediate reduction in that, um, as in it was a a much nicer place to work uh, almost immediately. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't see significant reductions in staff turnover. Maybe for. 18 months until I'd really maybe maybe a year until I'd really settled into the to the to the role and you know and you you have the confidence not to employ someone just because they've applied for a job you know and you 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 take your time and 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 that that to me is key is employing the right people um you're never going to get longevity out of the wrong people because you're just going to get frustrated with each other basically
1: yeah, I mean, it's something I've, I've literally spent the last 24 hours building um, management training modules so that we can start <laughs> to upskill individuals. Because as you say, many many chefs uh, on front of house, where irrespective of where you are within hospitality, you come into the role because you are capable and that you're adapt and you can run a service, but you aren't necessarily taught how to spot trigger signs and to actively listen and to engage in conversations with your staff and to build healthy workplace cultures. Um, and I think what we are starting to see now is a huge skill skill gap with regards to that um, because we're not spending time with mentors. We're not spending as, as long and working for many different businesses now. We tend to be staying longer and longer at the same businesses. Um, so it's interesting that you you talk about sort of structures and hiring. And one of the things that we're touching upon currently is the not hiding your position or not... not being cleared at the get go of what the position entails, what you're looking for, what they should be expecting as well. Um, because far too often, I think we're seeing that people take jobs now because I need a member of staff, so I've just got to get someone in. It's a hand, it, they'll do, they'll do, you know, even if they're not able to, to cope or if they're not resilient enough for that role. So, mm. and, and you probably, as you say, you found that yourself by hiring people and then finding that actually they just weren't able to cut the muster.
0: Yeah, but absolutely, and I mean that's a really hard system. It's really hard to get out of. It's really easy to talk about, um, and on paper, it's it's easy. But you know, um, and especially in an in interview, you, you're you're um, it's very difficult to know who you're employing and and the longevity. And you know, the minute you've put uh, a month, maybe two months, work into training someone. The thought even I mean in the last job I, I the, the paperwork for employing someone at the end was ridiculous. You know, you it's like maybe fifteen 15- pieces of paper that you're going to go through and so when you're already busy there is that nature if you're not careful you can you can it's easier to put up with someone It's it's like better the devil you know you know and it's you and it isn't it, you have to have the right people um but when we're busy and we're short-staffed and you you know and you're you're trying to write a roster and you want that critical number of people and you know so you can you can write the rotor and give people their lates and their earlies and you know not everyone not everyone's working five five split shifts a week um it's the temptation is just to in to, to to keep the bodies um mm. it, it certainly feels easier
1: no but long term obviously it's uh as you said it's it has it has its it has its impact somewhere along the line but um I mean, what what else have you learned over your, your career? Because I, I, when I knew you, I, I mean, I knew you as someone who sort of, you're at the helm of quite a large kitchen. I don't know, how many, how many starters do you have under you?
0: Um, I had 21 at its peak in in, in Bath.
1: Yeah, because that yeah. kitchen was always yeah. rammed whenever I was in there. I was in and out because yeah. I didn't want to get in the way of anyone. But, you know, you what other things have you learned throughout your journey? Because that, managing that number of people in such a a busy um, environment where you are maintaining a Michelin as well. Like you must've learned a few, yeah. a few things over your journey.
0: I mean, I, I should, I should add that actually one of the easiest things, the, the most important things is for, for, I, 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 ask you know, the most important thing for mental health is having someone in your team, like a mentor who you can talk to where there is no judgment with what you say so and and, and sue, that's what sue williams is she's the best at and that's how she can have such young people run and help launch young people as such successful uh individuals uh, within the within the businesses she runs because she you can talk for half an hour, maybe forty-five minutes, and make very little sense. Probably, like looking back at stuff we used to talk about, and you're you're just engaging on, you know, maybe trivial stuff. But this, you're processing something else underneath, for sure. I I, I I'm going to struggle to pinpoint any exact um, uh, example. But you know, I might see. I remember. Uh, I think it's Gisevwa did this amazing video um, of. Of like the day in his restaurant, and it starts off in the market, and then he travels back to his restaurant, and then at the end, it's just it's silent. But he's well, there's just some you know like some French tune playing, and it's just images, still images of his staff's faces. But it's a it's a it's a film, it's not photograph, and it's really moving. And so I showed to, and I said, I've done this amazing, and we should do more of it. And it was just that you know ideas that are going to go nowhere. But you had this like uh, you had someone you could talk to to about it and um and it was um there was no there was never anything came back or was ever thrown in your face but something you said in one of those uh those conversations and they were completely uh unstructured you know you didn't need to book an appointment or say or you could just knock on the door and say have you got a second yeah, of course come in and you would you could have a conversation and it's essential like um you don't realize i certainly didn't realize at the time how important that was um for uh for for my learning and learning the the stuff so within that probably the thing that i learned is you've got to let people make mistakes is is the um um what is probably my m- the thing i've taken the the most from my time managing kitchens is allow people to make mistakes um and it doesn't rid the likelihood is if the if you don't worry too much about the mistakes People will spot them before they come become a problem, and certainly stuff doesn't get hidden um and when you're when you're trying to make, i think i had seven seventeen chefs and four four k p s who used to help with the uh with the prep um there's there's a lot of people you're trusting and actually the probably the best way f- is to trust them and then and then they'll show you that mutual respect and if there is a problem rather than sort of hiding it and trying to serve it. It, it comes to the um, come comes out. Although there, are, as I'm saying that there was a, a, a burnt soup on Christmas Day. And my sous chef <laughs> will remind me of at some point. But um, you know, is it, is there's no perfect uh, method. But I, for me, that's it. Certainly reduced my stress levels.
1: And what about yourself, Sam? As well, because you're always a sort of cool, calm, cool, calm guy. When I knew you, but I mean, did you have any experiences yourself? Of, the periods of time where you were struggling
0: from your from your mental health yeah certainly i mean uh, um yeah i mean we go through like i mean it's no like, like like you're not meant to the first thing is you're not meant to be happy all the time you're meant to, i think you you need to be content and that's the 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 one th- message that i i worry about getting uh, getting lost is you it's you, if you just because you're feeling a bit shit today doesn't mean that you've got a you know you, you you're, you've got something seriously wrong with you um and and you should be able to help you know get through it yourself um that said if if it's lingering then you need to speak to someone and or even if you're just having a bad day just say look having a bad day um but i've always tried not to bring that bring that to work uh yeah you know, I've, I've 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 lost my lost my call cool over ridiculous stuff you know and um um, and it and it made the service suffer, um, and and which is the reality, the irony of it, you know, you're so hit up on one little mistake that actually you you lose your focus, and probably every dish afterwards isn't as good as it would be if everyone's enjoying themselves. Um, but unfortunately, that's that's the danger of working with passionate people. Like it's you get sometimes it boils over. Um, and that's something you know that I have to work on. You know, I'm a big guy, I'm a big, loud guy, and I'm really clumsy. And so, if my staff don't know me it, it, and, and know what I'm like, it could be very intimidating very easily. Um, you know, but that's, that's the nature of it. Um, I, I think when the when the, the the you know MC when when I first worked at Gidley, I'd uh, you know I'd. He pulled me aside after service and said, "Is everything all right, chef?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." And he said, "No," and I said, "Well, you know, I've got I've got a bone condition called HME, uh, basically my skeleton didn't didn't grow grow properly, and I, I, it was diagnosed as I got the job at Gidley Park, and um, so it, I just learned that I was going to be in chronic pain forever, or I should change my career, is what they said. And then my my grandmother was very ill, and and uh, you know, and I and I was splitting up with a girlfriend, and he just said. Yeah, just tell me, because you're not making, ex- sometimes it, it's not an excuse, but sometimes there's reasons. And that was it. That was the conversation. And, uh, you know, look, there, it definitely wasn't any easier to work for from that point. Um, If anything, maybe it was a little bit harder, but um it, it was just that there was, a, you know, he, he, he saw sort of that window of like that he cares about what we're doing and it's important, you know. And, and so, so I've always tried to try to do it with my guys and just make sure everyone's everyone's OK
1: yeah and i think there is a, a big misconception i think as we go on with this journey as well in terms of destigmatizing mental health there's that sort of like you know everyone should be happy skipping around the kitchen you know whether you're front of house back of house and you shouldn't ever feel bad or blue and there are times like you know in the current pandemic where you do wake up and go i've got no motivation say i don't feel great i'm i'm just really really feeling depressed today but it doesn't mean yeah. that a life sentence of depression. It just means that you know you might be feeling blue for a couple of days, and it's an important
0: distinction. I know I, I noticed it over here, especially because we're that little bit further north. I, I, I find it very hard to get motivated in February, and I know no, no first year, and I was like, oh, the, my, "Was it the right decision to come over here? Is that what, what is that is? That what's getting me down?" And then you just sort of plodding on with it. And then you realise, like the sun's coming up at like nine o'clock in the morning. Like it's 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 up properly by nine, and then it's dark again by four, and it's raining, and it's and you're like, no, it's fine. It's just fucking miserable out. Of course, it's you know, like it's it's what's it called? It's uh, poetic fallacy. It's that 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 weather is bringing me down. You know, it's uh, and you know, someone that spends a lot of time out in nature, you know, should be you should be more aware of what effect the the natural world has on you and these cycles that we that we and i don't mean like hippy dippy stuff but it's just you know there was a point in our time where we'd have just been hunkered down sheltering out of the the wild the wild weather because we didn't have another option so it's you know just 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 to keep going and you know it is you you're all right most of the time but sometimes you're not and you need to you need to talk about it
1: yeah yeah Definitely, definitely. And you know, the weather does have a massive impact as well. I mean, I've got family over in Galway, and I don't think I've ever seen it <laughs> sunny over in Galway. It's always gray over there. But like, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> don't, not having access to like decent weather, like we've got over here now, it's just gray all the time. And you wake up and go, Ah, can't sit outside, can't feel the sun on my face. And it does have a huge impact. And, and that's why sad, you know, sad, seasonal affective disorder is a thing because vitamin d has such a such a profound impact on the human body so um yes yeah, it's, it's a it's a weird one but getting outside and doing your like doing your own gardening and being active and out about must be good for you hey
0: yeah 100% i mean i think there's there's something about being outside it's very it's very hard to feel sorry for yourself when you're outside um i think um there's something um yeah just that whether you're gardening or, uh, walking fishing to some point but i i have to be ke- careful with my fishing because i take my take my fishing quite seriously and um if uh if i'm feeling it's, it, it happened to me in bath actually um you know, i don't know I, I, I can't remember exactly when but maybe i've been i've been at the priory maybe a year and i, I haven't been fishing for ages so i went fishing and i, I got really stressed about fishing you know about whether whether i was and and I was like this isn't what this is this isn't what this is about and it's obviously all that um pent up uh, stress that I'd been dealing with for the couple of weeks prior and I'd finally got two days off and I was going through, and it and it and it all came out and I had to sort of really reassess how i use my um my uh, my time but um walk walking is brilliant for it definitely walking in in nature is is really good for you clearing your mind and you can you can just sort of walk along see the seasons developing and and uh yeah so but the best thing i ever did was 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 get percy my uh west island white terrier because he forced me to take my split shifts and forced me not to go in early because i had to go and walk the dog and it just uh, gave me that structure to the day got me outside walk maybe five or six uh kilometers within the day and it just uh it just it changed the way i look look about myself and my time and whatnot
1: that's massive yeah and I've got a dog myself and he's getting a bit old now he's I think he's what 11 12 he's almost 12 yeah and I I genuinely don't know what I'll do when he's not around because I even walk to work now you know gone are the days where I used to drive to drive to Bath or drive to Bournemouth to work now I walk to work it's a 15 minute walk and just that just that start in the morning and finish at the end of the day is it's what you need i think um yeah and it's, it's it's a lot easier to use the excuse of a dog to get out and when it's pissing it down with rain and it's blowing horizontally than it is to uh, just put your rain back on and off you go
0: yeah well for me for me it was that you have i had a dog where it's different you know when you where i've got a little one as well now but the dog was it had no you you we lived in a flat in Bath. Like you had to go and let it out. Like I couldn't by rights leave it in the house for for my twelve hour shift that I was at, at work. You know, I had to uh, get home on my split and 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 let it out after lunch service and take take him for a walk. Otherwise, it'd go bananas. And um, and it, it just forced me to stop saying yes to H I D meetings at half three or, or 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 just going to a gym as much as exercises great for you they they're like they're dull 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 places and if you've been cooped up in a building all day and then you go and run on the treadmill and then lift some weights actually like it's really boring like and and i found it although you're listening to music it's very it was very hard for me to uh switch my brain off uh from from work whereas i mean not that i ever because you're in this in in the nature you know you're thinking about seasons but that's the bit of your job you love so like it's is is nice uh take, it takes or out of context you think about a problem out of out of the context of where you are sometimes you know the 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 epiphany just comes so like i find
1: no it's definitely true isn't it funny though like when you are doing some form of exercise outside you often find that it just wallops you when you're not even thinking about it it will just pop into your head and go all oh, right i didn't realize that was the mm. case like could have done with that moment of clarity when i was losing my shit like two hours ago but um but that's what
0: yeah it's funny so that's what i'll say uh, i'll say we'll come up i'll come up with a good idea and we'll 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 talk i'll talk about it with everyone i don't really i have a senior team but i it's sort of me and then my team is uh is, ha- is how we we work i have obviously i have sous chefs and chef de parties and and they have different responsibilities and i'll talk to them differently about what i expect um i expect from from them or maybe they have a sp- specific skill set or something they're really good at um but generally speaking, when we're working, there's no no hierarchy in 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 you know you're a commie, what you're doing, talking to to telling this chef the party he's doing something wrong. I have none of that. I've got no time for that. It's, we're one team, so we do it together. And uh, I'll always say, if, we, we, if 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 we come up with some solution that makes our lives easier, I always say, oh, "Fucking hell, boys. Why didn't we? Why haven't we done this from the start? Like, what's going on? Why 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 is it taking me so long to think of this, lads? Come on, it's uh." It, it, Yes, yeah, everything is about making our lives easier. So we can deliver like an expect exceptional experience to our guests. Right.
1: Yeah, massively. So I mean, we um, are you familiar with the concept of frame control? I'm not No. So frame or framing control is, is basically like perception. It's how we all see the world we see through different windows and frames. But often enough, these frames are quite narrow. And they only allow us to see the perception that we are accustomed to. And sometimes it takes someone to take that frame off us and go, actually, have you tried looking at it from the other side? And have you seen the way that we can do this? And I think we we sometimes within the kitchen environment have, have become so heavily structured on that hierarchy system, as you say, that we're not allowing people who may have some fantastic creative ideas. Even your KP may go, I've seen this. This looks like a class thing to put in place. or I'm really interested to learn more about it. And you could go, I didn't even realize that was a thing or I didn't even realize that season had come or whatever it might be, you know, and it's, it's an opportunity. And it's the same with like management, it doesn't necessarily have to be seasons, it could be anything like um, TED Talks, I'm obsessed with the bloody things. There's so much good information on TED Talks They're mm-hmm. just little 20 minute drops of nuggets of information that completely blow your mind wide open.
0: Mm. And it's amazing that you'll be listening to, and we're definitely, I know I've messaged you a few times, we're definitely guilty in, um, and, you know, myself uh, as well, of guilty of sort of, it's only a hospitality problem and we 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 sort of become so like we, we we focus on ourselves so much because you are up against it all the time it's very hard to sometimes think i wonder how they do this in manufacturing or i wonder i wonder how they do this in the aviation business or what you know and 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 because we sort of tend to look sort of inward uh you sort of forget there's a whole other world around you sometimes they're probably dealing with exactly the same problems you are um and and have maybe a different different just come at it from a different angle like like you said and um it can just sort of change change the way you're dealing with stuff so um i think i think we're we're it's it's, it's the way forward i always say it with you know we're foreverly, forever forever short staffed and you know and so was everyone else at a time you, you know especially doctors and nurses and struggling to get uh p- people to, to to fill the roles that we, that we needed and you think yeah but so is every, so is everyone else let's just Focus on what we can change, rather than than these these chefs that don't, or waiters or whatever that don't exist. Let's look at something we can change, and, and the way maybe way we structure our day or whatever, make it a little bit um, more achievable. Uh, while, you know, while temp- obviously within that you have to temper your ambition and your guests' expectation, you know, uh, which which changes with the you know how much money they're they're, they're paying for their dinner, I guess
1: yeah massively so i think and that's where the Birk Chef project is is really born i mean as you know i came into the food industry um, like we i started looking after accounts like yours and the royal crescent as my first introduction into the food industry so um yeah i mean i don't know who's good idea that was but before that i'd worked in multiple industries such as mechanical engineering travel industry insurance industry you know so i'd worked in offices and i think that's what really struck me when i first came into this industry it was i had an, a massive amount of respect for how people within this industry operated with the pride and the passion and everything else but then i was looking at some glaringly obvious differences like um you know like it, it could be the sexism or the bullying or the you know we even go as far as the physical harming of each other because it's it seemed like a funny thing to do and I think and I try and picture that in a different environment. I try and picture that in an office that I've worked in and gone, no, it just wouldn't have happened. It, w- it just wouldn't have been happening. And if it did happen, he'd get dragged off site by a policeman. Like that, that's yeah. just that, that. And i And it's about trying to, for me, it's about trying to create that equilibrium and not take away the uniqueness that hospitality has. But to create and take and borrow certain things from other industries and implement them so that we can make it even more effective and efficient and appeal to even more people. And gradually what you will start to see is those shortages of positions start to become more freely available as people start fighting to get involved in hospitality as a as like a go to industry, you know, because it might be that employers are starting to be celebrated for workplace adjustments or for you know, equal opportunities or for, you know, work life balance, whereas perhaps previously it wasn't like that.
0: I think we're quite uniquely, uh, uniquely. Uh, placed as well, because I mean, especially new run teams like I do, I'm not really confined to do, doing I can do whatever I want, you know, with as far as the food foods concerned. So. Uh, as long as our guests, I mean, the, the minimum criteria for me is uh, is I have a happy rest, I have a, a restaurant full of happy people. That that's all I really care about. Um, and then uh, within that, the only way I can do that is having a happy team. You know, like so it it, it goes guests, then 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 my team. Um, but you can't have one, you know, you can't have the other without one. You know, the first thing we're so uniquely. Poised to look after individuals because it could because you can adapt and you can change and you can you know we we did I did a lot of that in 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 Bath I had a we we I had an autistic baker and it took a long long time to work out that the best place to put him was on pastry and you know you did the traditional you started in in on garnish and he'd have good days and he'd have bad days but what what he really struggled with was the the He couldn't change. So if the services are different, you know, they change. And uh, why it took me about a year to work out, probably the best place to put him is on pastry. And uh, he made bread. I mean, you wouldn't, the the thing is, because you wouldn't normally give a a commie, a green commie, the bread to make. Um, And, but for Seth, it was different. You showed him how to make it it and that was it. He made it as well as me, or as well as my pastry chef, from the first day, and it was um, it was it took a lot of, a, a lot of time and a lot of conversations with both with both him and his parents. But um, but like he made it. The bread was amazing. He made like it was just it was it was class. Um, and I th- I think that's what he does now. I've have lo- lost touch with him. I th- I think he runs a bakery. Um, but like it was incredible to see him find his 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 slot, his cog, you know like and he and then and then we were we were off, and we were stronger because of his his whatever you perceive it as his his limitations we we became a because we work to them, you become a stronger team i think that 's really important
1: it 's a lot that we can learn about ourselves and the, and the way that we operate just by looking at at certain individuals like that and you know, it's like the same reason a couple of my mates are autistic and they are computer programmers. Why? Because they will quite happily sit there and program away until their heart's content. Um, and it's that sort of sometimes it's that attention to detail that that you're looking upon people's strengths rather than viewing things as weaknesses. And, and that's that's quite an interesting and profound thought, really, isn't it? Bearing in mind what what a diverse, eclectic mix of people work in hospitality
0: yeah absolutely i you know it takes all sorts to make a bag of sweets so you like you need you need them all you need everyone otherwise i imagine everyone was that like and i've been in the where everyone's uber ambitious and uber driven and and it would it could create such a tense atmosphere but you, you need someone who wants to stay working for you for seven years or eight years you need someone who is who is energetic and and uber ambitious and they've read every book and they've you know they know what he's doing in dublin and they know what he's doing in 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 in, in uh in london and and they're just excited by everything and then you need the you need the someone who's going to make a sandwich and care about a sandwich and a breakfast as much as i care about my sauces or whatever and you you need someone who's going to take pride in washing the plates and 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 it's just trying to bring it, bring bring that all together is like this never ending task. But it's that that that's enjoyable. It is
1: it's, again. It's never something they tell you when you take on a kitchen, is it? Well,
0: it's just something you don't think about when you're when you're. Uh, well, maybe you do, but you, you I don't know. Uh, maybe I did, but it's not. I don't think it's it's talked about enough. Is how difficult it is to structure a team. And, um, and was something I noticed, actually, when um, when Niall left the Bath Priory and Ni- Niall was in uh, uh, in any way, shape or form an aggressive chef. He's he's uh, he's very calm, he's very collect, he's very organised um, and like, just has bags and bags and bags of natural talent and like an unfaltering work ethic. But so he could he, could, he was a really good teacher but even when he left and i was like that's going to be some big shoes to fill when he goes and we were the day after he left we were better because will who i didn't realize hadn't noticed how good will was when he was stood in the shadow of nile suddenly can do what he wants and it's not um in 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 i don't mean it to sound negative but you know nile being there held really held well back from what he could he could do and then suddenly he could show off everything he'd one he'd been taught by nile and all his own ideas that maybe before would have been tricky for him to uh, to implement so he's um you know i like those sort of surprises i look forward to them
1: i wonder whether or not do you think well, then no. you've got individuals within your kitchen currently who you could almost assign the role as uh as teacher to to and and try and develop those perhaps who may have ideas of their own but don't know how to implement them
0: uh maybe it's very it's very difficult i mean there's now i mean i have there's four of us in the team now so it's very very difficult different very different um kettle of fish you know post covid uh what what the business will look like it's it's, it's going to be very uh very um very difficult i'm not very good at giving people defined structured roles because i personally hate structure so i find it very hard to implement a structured system that you know means maybe le manoir esque training files and development stuff and, and i certainly understand it where i can think of nothing worse than going through my own personal development file. So it would be disingenuous of me to suggest we do something like that. So that is, there is, but it's something I'd sort of try and work on. You know, I've got them as good as I can for me to do them. But, um, you know, it's some, something I look think about, but um, don't action, very, well, very rarely action.
1: But it sounds, you've still got a successful career in a, in a lovely place and you, you're doing well. So it's just horses for courses, isn't it?
0: Well, 100 percent. And that's where I think mental health comes into. it. You have to. There is nothing worse than uh, someone asking you how you feel or how you're doing if they, they don't care. Like if you if you if you to be a man manager, to be a, a good manager, you have to genuinely care about the people who are what work, you're working with otherwise like well, what's the point like um and and that's why i've been successful is because i care about my team like I, I care about them and and so then in turn it becomes mutual you know i remember um one of the first you know the first sort of things i thought you know i've never really been particularly ambitious like for accolades because uh, they're you know careful w- what you wish for but um they're incredibly stressful to maintain but something i've always thought w- i wanted was was people who work for me for a long time you know i'm not really gen- generally i want two years uh, from someone um less than two years less than a year it's a waste of my time and a waste of their time generally generally not for not for everyone but you know i want two or three years so there's that uh, you can learn everything i do and you're going to have a really positive impact on on the team we're going to learn some of your your how you view running a kitchen or your you're going to have some influence on us um and generally that works that's probably the thing I'm most proud of you know my 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 pastry chef well, I think he's worked for me for 7 years I think you know and it, my sous chef's five years and i'm not easy to work for like i'm unreasonable so like it's um it is it's nice is and i mean that's what i sort of set out i wanted i wanted longevity out of my team i wanted to work out how to get longevity and that's that's what i achieved and that's enabled me to work in country house hotels because it's seven day a week operation like it's always seven day a week so it's um you need that stability
1: it reminds me of something I did last week, the back end of last week, which is called a self actualization leadership profile. Have you come across these? Uh,
0: maybe. Is that, um, maybe. Ex- explain.
1: It's basically it's a series of questions that go on for about two or three minutes, um, and you, you get choices of different words. And at the end, uh, I got given a 14 page document about my leadership style, but also how self-realized I was so how much about myself I knew and was able to look at myself from a third person perspective and what it highlighted was not only incredibly correct but I I struggled to come to terms with a lot of the facts in there so they talk about your shadow personality right and they say that you know when you're good you're driven and you're ambitious and you're keen to succeed but when stress hits you and your shadow personality comes out, that's it. You become condescending and arrogant and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, this isn't true. What a load of crap. And I went yeah. away. And I well, said to my wife, you know, like, yeah. yeah, you don't know me. You're just a piece of paper. And I said to my wife, I said, check out this. And she goes, God, they've got you bang on, haven't they? And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, um, it got me thinking and whether or not it would be worthwhile trying to adapt something like that. And I'm in conversations with the company now to see if we can I don't know if anyone out there fancy doing it as who is in just not not just leadership roles, but anywhere within hospitality, they could do this and almost have like a, I don't know, depending on what you think about it, you can have like a peek into your personality type and perhaps learn where you are, you got your strengths and where perhaps you are areas of, of improvement or whether or not you lean upon, as you say, lean upon someone else to, to do those. certain hmm. things
0: yeah absolutely and he's, i mean i've done quite a few of those uh uh sue sue was great for uh sue williams was great for ma- management training worked with a guy called richard uh richard giles for when early on in my career and and he at the time it's one of those things at the time it's you can't you don't necessarily see what you've got from that one hour three hour your day off session or whatever but over a time uh, uh, you you maybe on reflection you realize oh no that's probably i've probably picked that up from him uh, uh or that's become you know it's become ingrained in the way you work good you know positive habits um but it's funny how you automatically uh like because i do the same you you sort of having your head positive and negative character traits and then the minute you hear one that you think in your head is negative that associates with you you think oh that that no it's not true but it's where whereas really it, t- it takes everything to be successful you know you want to be a nice mix of it all and you do need arrogance and you do need that confidence and that belief in yourself certainly at times when you're you know I certainly needed it at the start in, in um uh, uh, the bath priory and it's it's not um it's not a negative it's positive you know it's it's we sort of uh, we dress everything up and put everything in in in, a, in this box and you think oh no actually you, you do you you do you are you you need that confidence you need that self belief but it's uh, it's hard sometimes it's hard to be told that's how you are
1: yeah but it is i mean it, it is it very difficult to come to terms with some of the bits on it but um you know what what came out of it personally for me was like solitude they said that you're terrible mm-hmm. about being alone i said you have got to be joking i said i spend every day alone with just a laptop and sat in this cold drafty room, I'm perfectly fine. And it actually, I sat there and I thought about it amongst some of those other feedback things and thought, I do struggle with being alone. I can't remember the last time I sat alone without a pair of headphones in, without a book, I wasn't learning something or I wasn't working or I had a distraction like my phone. I can't genuinely remember the last time I sat and did nothing but just listen to my breath which for someone that works like, like I do and all talks about mindfulness and I hadn't done it for I couldn't I couldn't honestly remember I couldn't tell you how long i had done it for and I did it that evening and do you know what that was that was amazing and so it's got me thinking about the other things on there now about things like the arrogance and and some of them were just too too harsh to say out loud I don't want to admit them to myself yet but like, yeah. <laughs> but like development points nevertheless you know
0: but even either way, even if you're you're sat in an office maybe on on your on your own, but everything you're doing is for a group of people. You're so although you're because you're like I guess social media based, everything that you do is about lots of people and, and engaging with lots of people. As I say, you know, why are you a chef? It's because I love the outside world and people think, Well, you're in a kitchen all day. And you're like, Yeah, but everything I do in that kitchen it's come from outside like and it's and and it's my link it's a direct link to the outside world and it's um you yeah so it, it, it's funny you your your circumstance may not describe you in its best uh it, it, it there's more to meet the eye i can't think of the i can't think of the turn of phrase but um yeah as much as you're sat on your own you're certainly not alone if you know what i mean
1: I know, but it's like yeah, it's it's like most things sometimes in life where you are surrounded by hundreds. Of, I'm not saying this is the case, but you, can, you know you can be surrounded by hundreds of people and feel completely and utterly isolated. Um, and, and that's again, that's where I, that's where my journey took me, and that's why I started up the burnt chef project because I was you know in a position where I was surrounded by people and and still felt alone. So yeah, there's 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 and this is a different situation altogether. You know, working alone, but it. It just goes to show that you can have it's such an oxymoron isn't it like you can be sat in an office on your own feeling quite content with life but then automatically you can be part of a rugby club and happily married and still feel like you're completely and utterly isolated so yeah
0: mm. well perception is a big a big thing i certainly in my short time i spent working in london uh you know i i felt lonely working in london uh especially waking up tired on your day off Um, I mean, I never worked there properly, but, you know, like I felt isolated in London, whereas in Devon, you really are on your own, you know, like it's a two mile walk to the nearest shop. Uh, I was fine. I I never felt lonely down there because... The, the, the likelihood of the per, the person you meet probably cares about you because you're in the countryside and and I don't mean that in a like soft over the they'll ask you if you want a lift or they'll ask you if you're okay they'll stop and say hello whereas it's a little bit different in London not that people aren't caring in London I think it's one of life's misconceptions but you know um, it's funny I, I uh I did a stage at Pierre de Terre and it was when um It was Shane Osborne, it was two Michelin stars and it was when, what do you call it, Taste of London, I think it was the first, first ever Taste of London and they were doing this tuna dish, it was rolled in sesame I think and then it had peeled Jersey Royals like as a a salad and the week I was there they, they were prepping for this dish so it was just like after service the lads are peeling boxes of potatoes and they were like oh you don't have to stay for this, I was like no 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 it's fine. I'll um I'll, I'll give you a hand, and it it was the first time I'd I, so Gidley Park had shut for a refurbishment, massive refurbishment, and I had had an operation for my HME, so I hadn't worked for maybe four months, five months, and I went on this stage and then stood up for fifteen, sixteen hours a day, and on the and it was six it was a six day a week op- or operation, and I asked to do the full six days, and on the Saturday I got off the. Uh, off the 147 bus in Battersea, I think it's the 147, and I was walking, uh, I was walking back to the, the house I was staying in, and I was like limping, you know, because my feet were really bad, and there was this group of lads just stood on the corner, and I was like, oh, here we go, and as I got up to them, they are like, you all right, mate, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then head down, carry on walking, and they were like, "No, no, no, really? Are you all right, mate? You look like you're in pain." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> I just didn't expect it, and uh, and and it was that. You know, oh, maybe they are caring in London, um and uh, yeah, I could barely walk after that that uh, that week. I probably bought new Birkenstocks or something, but it's that. <laughs> really burned in my I really thought I was about to get mugged but no they were concerned at my well-being my state of my feet after a week standing up
1: hey and it didn't cost anything did it other than no a couple of minutes and yeah there we go there's a lesson for everyone just take more care of other people whether you know them or not because the chances are it'll probably turn their day around I mean I'd take it they didn't carry you back home again
0: no, I said, no i'm fine i've just had a long week at work and my feet are killing me and they were uh, fine they they're back on back on 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 talking it's just uh it's just um it's just funny and it's so much nicer than smile it might never happen you know it's um it's uh you engage i mean it's tricky you know because you don't you don't want to make people feel uncomfortable but uh very it's very different here like moving to ireland because people care like re- people really care in this in this uh, the locality and where you are and the people you know i think they have had a real problem with with mental health especially suicide with with young men in ireland massive problem and um so they really take it seriously and they really care about each other and you're not talking you're talking hard farmers you know you're not it's there's not the i don't really go in for stereotypes but um not necessarily people you would think uh would be have a softer side but actually it's probably not a softer side it's a because it takes incredible strength to say there's something wrong um and you're not feeling great and there's always a you know you ask it ask you okay and then any hesitation is you sure you know um it's 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 nice it's different
1: i think that's what you get a little bit with isolated communities i mean i found that moving from bournemouth up to somerset where You know, you move from Bournemouth, which had thousands and thousands of people living in close proximity, to Somerset where we lived on a two hundred acre farm. And Mm. you know, in a similar situation, it was a good two mile walk to the shops and you know the local pub was it was a walk away, but not a walk you'd want to do that frequently. And so when you did bump into people, it was like, you know, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, and you stop and chat, or like an old you take the dog for a walk, an old boy who you didn't know would start walking alongside you just because it was someone else there, and, and there was communication. And there's something quite warming about being able to engage with a complete and utter stranger on terms that mm. uh, you know. And then we're not talking about going out and hugging everyone because <laughs> so that's one way to get uh, upset a few
0: people. That 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 suits you with your need to be with other people. Whereas me, I I really like to be on my own. So like, it, you know, I'm I'm an, I'm an only child. So it must be something to do with that. But um, it's that I really like my own space and my own thoughts. And so sometimes when you get talking to someone, and like you say, you end up walking half your walk with 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 someone else. Um, yeah, it can be uh, yeah. But yeah, not no, it's not criticism at all. But it's uh, it's one of them.
1: Oh no, don't get me wrong. Sometimes as I said <laughs> to you at the beginning, like the only opportunity I get for a bit of peace and quiet during the day is, you know, getting bombarded with social media, bombarded with emails, bombarded with phone calls, it is that twenty minute, thirty minute walk at the end of the day. And if you bump into someone you know, you're like, ah, oh, smile sweetly. Yeah, I'm fine, how's it going? Yeah. Like but it's it's having to take that more additional mental energy to go, Okay, just just put that face on for a little bit longer <laughs> and not put my head down and just pass yeah, it on there.
0: That's good. You have to be be well practiced at being antisocial, and then people know. But then that's not very caring, is it? And we're not looking after other people, so you know. Well,
1: again, horses for courses, though, isn't it? You don't have to go out and look after everyone as long as uh, you're mindful and you're aware. And that's the key thing. But um, yeah. Sam, to draw this uh, to draw this conversation to sort of quite a, a neat close, um, I'd like to ask you the same question that I've asked every guest that comes on, which is. If you were to travel back in time and sort of whisper to your 18 year old version of yourself some little nuggets of information that might change their career or change their mindset or just change their life, what would you uh, what would you tell yourself?
0: Um, well, I mean, tell myself would be I mean, I know I wouldn't listen. So I mean, I, I knew what I was doing at 18. There was no I very rarely listened or asked, sought advice. Um, so I think telling myself would have been pointless. Um, but something I maybe regret is maybe just take your time uh, a little bit more. Don't, don't, not that I rushed to, it was a position of circumstance rather than ambition. It's just, um, you know, take your time to travel and, and enjoy the places you're working uh, and maybe, maybe travel a little bit more. I'd, I'd have liked to have worked in another country uh, before moving to Ireland, you know, before taking my first head chef's position um, and just, just take your time um i think would be because it's not uh it's not a, it's not a race um but i'm not big on advice so um i i'd, I'd, I'd rather talk out a problem than give someone a, a sound bite of advice and it doesn't really do it for me
1: yeah no, mate i appreciate that thank you and thank you for coming on was there anything else that you wanted to add at all before uh
0: so no no it's int- it's interesting i don't really know i've i've lost touch with how the, stru- the structure is maybe in 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 the u k now but so- something I've definitely noticed uh that em- empowers or enforced me to to think about working hours is paying your staff for every hour they work um as in the salary they're on because to be in a, you know we're a, a business we make money um and but we pay our staff for every you know if it call a chef to party senior chef de party up to up to sous chef uh senior sous chef uh and myself who who are the only people in the kitchen who are salaried so if if the chef de party works 60 hours one week um we we accrue the the time over and they either get given back in time um or or they're paid they're paid for it at the end of the year so um it makes you think quite carefully when you're writing a rotor, and it makes you think quite carefully, tempers your ambition. Um, and I think probably that's the wall, the, the you look back and you don't, I don't mind it. Cause you know, I learned a tremendous amount from the places I've worked, but you know, I could probably own my own house, you know, more morbid three if I'd been paid by the hour <laughs> by now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they introduced, as I was leaving, they introduced this thing called top up. And then claim that everyone was being paid by the, you know the hour, and really what it meant was if a chef de party dropped below minimum wage uh, on their annual salary, they they were topped up so they were paid minimum wage. And I just find that incredibly disrespectful for people that you you're expecting to do a, an amazing job and you're you're paying for skill, and it seems to be the only maybe I'm wrong, but the uh, the industry where you can have someone who's exceptionally skilled and then not be paid for the hourly rate. Um, I don't know if there's another example of that. Um, I, I just don't know. But um,
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I must admit, I've, I've never been paid. The only time I was paid hourly was when I was working in a convenience store. I've been paid salary since I was 17 years old. And the expectation has always been, if you paid salary, to just, you like, work. just cut i can't remember what the term is yeah but this if the business deems it acceptable for you to work the hours that it requires above and beyond your current set targets but as you say yeah that
0: just doesn't happen here it just doesn't happen and um you know if you're if the lads work i think I, I, i haven't looked at it for a while but i think everyone's on a 45 hour contract um we budget for 48 Uh, everyone's on a 45 because you're not legally they can't you can't do more than 48 um and then um we balance it out with if if you you know if if they go over the the 45 we accrue all that time so if if it because we're quite seasonal so if it comes to it then in in february or march we're really quiet and everyone gets three days off a week i mean I, i i mean i don't know it just it just strikes me as uh, because you're not it's it's different kate you're you're set up not to be able to work your hours like that's the and then that's your there's something wrong with that i think um in this day and age and uh, i think that that probably needs to be addressed uh, it's incredibly difficult to you know the margins are completely tight very tight so i completely understand why people were... Uh, Uh, nervous about doing it, but it is possible, you know.
1: Well, I mean, this gets to a whole other subject one that probably we shouldn't get into too much detail because I'm quite passionate about this one. But it's about um, I've done done a lot of research recently into the cost of retention. And I genuinely Mm. do feel I mean, contention and wastage are probably the two key areas within hospitality where the profits just well, one literally goes down the drain, and the other one walks out the door. And I think that mm. you know, when you're looking at net operating profits of two or three, four five percent from businesses and it's done on scale on a number of sites you've got in order for it to be profitable. And I think people need to start now looking at systems like this, where if, the, if an hourly rate works for your staff and it keeps, gives them a sense of control and a sense of ownership and allows them to flourish within that job for a much more extended period of time, then so be it. If it means you pay that person an extra five, ten, Whatever it might be, pounds a day or a week, then if they stay, it saves five to six thousand pounds walking out the door to, to replace that. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it also it, it makes it. I've always struggled with the. Uh, I did a I did a bit of work with Springboard many years ago about um, trying to inspire people to come into to the industry, and it that that sort of message. And it was the same when I was. Starting, it was like you could be Jamie Oliver, or you could be Gordon Ramsay, or you could, and of course you could be, but the likelihood of you being that one person that can turn their career into a multi million pound, you know, whatever book deal or empire of restaurant, you know, you have to be a little bit more realistic. Um, and, and, And probably whether most people don't have the ability, I certainly don't have that ability or actually that sort of inclination to 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 do it but what you need what you do have to get sort of to the top to live a comfortable life you know and 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 maybe buy a house or have at least earn enough money to save up to bring a deposit together and i think that's probably we sort of shoot ourselves a little bit in the foot with that middle middle management maybe not paying demi demi-chef to party or chef to party because it's such a it's such a skill you know to run to run your section if you can make that job more sustainable uh and so people would be happier to stay at that position you you you'd, we'd probably be on to a winner but obviously it's it's complicated but you know we've 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 sort of achieved that here with um with 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 the team here and I think people are paid enough to, to, to live a live a, a a nice life and then have enough time back because you're, you know, I can't have my guys working 70 hours a week because it will bankrupt us. Like, it, you have to think about it. Like, um, uh, it forces you to, you know, as I say, creativity comes out of limitations, not about being able to do everything.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. Mm. It's a very good point. um Yeah, I suppose my brain's now thinking whether or not more training, because for me it's all about training at this moment in time. I wonder whether or not more training needs to be put around budget management and the impacts of financial management on businesses.
0: Yeah, it's it's difficult, and I mean, you know, it's very crude in Bath. Is you you work the people who were paid more more hours, so you didn't have to top them up like and then so i think we had it like a you know a a chef to party could work maybe 59 hours a week before they needed to be topped up and a commie could work this set set and that is so fucking wrong like i just i i I hate it you know you think that and i hated it then my 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 rule of thumb is if people are working over 55 hours is too much i think oh uh, on a on a scat now i'm sure i'm about to get you publish this, and i 'll get a load of messages from people oh we never work fifty five out within reason you know like um there's fifty five hours work, and you know I think that's that's um I think that's what you should be aiming for because then it's that balance of you're serious you're working hard, but you have enough time to recharge and you said ser- I certainly notice that in 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 Ireland where we're not working because we don't wear split shifts over here. You know, the the lads start from, from twelve or one. But well, basically you're late if you start after two. So and you, you need to tell us the day before what time you're going to be in. Most people are in sort of half twelve, one. Sometimes they're in at twelve. So you're not allowed to start before twelve, you're not allowed to start after two. Give or you know, give or take. Five days a week and then you finish maybe eleven. Um so it's a long day, but it's not like killer uh and you're only really worrying about one service um and i have a different team for the mornings and then we sort of work together and try and make sure everything's done but um the difference in people's attitude and attention to detail when they're not knackered is uh was quite stark for me when i arrived here and actually how quick you are when you're fresh and how much more work you can get done when you're when you're fresh so it's sort of this weird, you know. The more hours you work, the less you do. So the more you, hours you have to work, you sort of get stuck in a downward spiral. You know, it was certainly for me. I mean, I procrastinate terribly when I'm tired.
1: Uh, again, you you've hit the head on the head massively because there's a, there's some studies I'm trying to dig out at the moment, not necessarily hospitality focused, but they are studies on stress. And I was a diploma that I'm doing at the moment, which say i'm just having a look through some documents talks about um efficiencies and employee engagement so the more Mm. stressed that people are and the more tired that they are the less efficient they are which is the point that you made but also the um less engaged they are not just with their daily activities but with the nature of the business and the goals of them the objectives of the business so as you say almost uh, by working people into the ground and and you're impacting in the long long-term viability of the business, so get it right. Treat people normally like human beings. Get them working some decent hours that that work well for them, and you'll have a much happier and successful business moving forward. Hey,
0: yeah, hundred percent. And you, I mean, you, as far as work's concerned, you know, if 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 someone's phoned in sick, and and or you've got you know you you're, you're one short and someone's phoned in sick. We're working hours you know this the show the show's got to go on so you need people who are prepared to when they have to um say yeah no it's fine it's not forever you know and, and sometimes not forever might last three weeks it might last a month and people get frustrated but as long as i think as long as you you're honest right you you said right at the start as long as you're honest with what you're trying to achieve and why we're working extra hours and it's um people don't mind and especially if they're you know accruing time off or or loo time because you know we we sh- we shut every january where because oh, so we shut january we shut all the time at the moment but like you know we shut in january to to because this is a 200 year old house that requires some very delicate um uh, maintenance work um we we simply can't bring chandeliers down when we're open we can't we can't do stuff so we have to shut every january and it, it means that you know people have a have a have 12 months employment because we accrue you know we accrue the time within that we need to be busy because the, the other the other spin side of of uh of that is if you um if there's no work you don't have a job like so is is the other the other side of that coin um which you know we're all too aware of over here but um you have to be careful so you have to find that balance but i, I think it's important right
1: thank you very much for joining us it's good to catch up as well it's, uh, as i say oh, I'd, I'd love
0: to talk to you so i've probably rambled off point a few times and i i, I struggle to make coherent points but it's uh it's, uh, it's a conversation isn't it uh, mental health
1: yeah and i know i think you've done you've done expertly sir uh it's it's every viewpoint on this podcast is valuable, and whether it's on topic or not, like the amount of times I've gone off topic and started talking about all sorts of weird things like energy and whatnot but you know it's important that all avenues are explored. No matter how far from no. you the original point they are, because they, they might unearth something that to someone out there they could pro- provide that paradigm shift or that little nugget that, go, oh, well, I can change that within my business or I can change that with my life and, and that will make me better or it will help me. So thank you for, thank you for coming on and thanks for talking so openly and, and thanks for sharing your knowledge with me.
0: I oh, know, my pleasure, my pleasure.
1: Thank so, you so, so much. See you later.
0: My
1: pleasure. Bye. So that was another episode of the Burnt Chef Journal with Sam Moody there, who I've known for for a few years. He's got some really interesting views on kitchen cultures and managing individuals, but it was also very interesting to find out about how they were paying their staff as well, especially over in Ireland, whereby uh, certainly at Ballyfin, they're paying for a set amount of hours, which you know, is I think definitely uh, something for the hospitality industry everywhere to start considering. It does force us to be better managers and also look after our staff's well-being in in a much more uh, proficient way. So food for thought there. Um, And as usual, if you want to support us, head over to the Burnt Chef website and we look forward to seeing you next week.